0: just on my heart this morning, and I wanted to share that with you. And uh, as I think about the message that the Lord's laid on my heart for a few days this week, I thought about how important it was for us to feel the presence of God and to, to boldly enter into a spiritual existence with Jesus. And you know, that's one of the things that I believe we need to strive for, a spiritual existence with Jesus Christ. And when that happens, when we get to the place in life where we can let life undo to the point that He can do what He needs to do, then we're ready to have fellowship with the Savior. And I want to bring you to the edge of life this morning, to where you stand, and encourage you to try and get yourself where God needs you to be so God can use you to do what He needs you to do. And so I've chosen some scriptures in the book of Hebrews the fourth chapter, verses 14 through 16. And I'd like for you to turn with me there in those few verses, and I think we'll find a very needful uh, call from God as I share that with you. That is Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verses 14 through 16. And would you please stand for the reading of God's Word. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, Let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore then come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find help in our time of needs. All of us has those needs today that we need to take to God, and the call is to come boldly to that throne of grace and give it to Jesus. So as I share the message God's laid on my heart this morning, would you be willing to leave it there? Let's bow together and ask God's blessings on the Word today. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for being able to open the windows of your Word, to be able to just look in and see what you want to say. And Lord, I just ask you to bless us with these few verses this morning that would help us to align our lives in a way that would Make us an instrument in your hands, Lord, that we could be all you need us to be. Lord, we do love you this morning. We of all people are most blessed of a church so blessed, of a people that strive to do your will and you bless us for that effort. But, oh God, I know that we have all have sinned and come short of your glory, your love and respect and your grace and your mercy. But, Lord, take the desires of our heart for our knees, for our prayers, even now, Lord, and help us to seek to serve you in a more wonderful and greater way. Guide us, O God, in your presence and with the Holy Spirit today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. May be seated. I believe one of the greatest problems in the world today is the lack of boldness in the Christian community. I really believe that. I believe that sometimes we fail to be up front. You know, we're a people that... uh, Uh, sometimes we stand and sometimes we don't stand on issues, on things, on problems on things that other in our lives do. other people has needs in their lives but I think that we ought to realize that God has a need for us to stand strong for God and country and certainly in that order and so as we look at these verses this morning it can have a, a, a physical aspect to it but it also and first and foremost has a spiritual meaning And you know, it talked about, but we have a high priest. I really believe that that Jesus spelt out that mode of living for us and even for him when on the cross, there he gave his life that we could have eternal life. But you can back up just a little bit. And Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And the Bible says then he was led into the wilderness in order to be tempted by Satan. And uh, as you read the story, it, it really sounds like that God had Satan to tempt him. But I believe we can read it, God allowed Satan to tempt his son Jesus. And so as he was led into the wilderness, we begin by looking at the story. And here, Jesus, first of all, had fasted for 40 days. He hadn't had anything to eat. And sometimes, in the weakest areas of our life, is when Satan will enter in and strive to trip you up and cause you to fail and to follow what he might want to let you believe is the right way. Satan does that for you because he hates you. God points in the other direction because he loves you. That is the choices today. Love God and hate Satan. So as we look at the the story, we see that Jesus was that high priest who came to make atonement for the sins. And you can remember in the Old Testament times when God ordained order of worship and sacrifice and forgiving of sins was to carry the high priest into the area where the sacrifice was to be offered, step number one. Then he would walk through the outer courts of the temple, step number two. Number three, he would step into the Holy of Holies through the curtain uh, that divided the people from that area only reserved for the priests themselves and offer the sacrifice every year. It was the same story. Every year this would take place. But we know that in Jesus' three steps he made, it was certainly at the cross when he entered the sacrifice that was made by his own body. Then he would go on through the atmosphere and the heavens that we have above us. And his third step would be into heaven. And that was making the atonement for our sins. But he don't have to do it every year. Jesus doesn't have to die again. Jesus doesn't have to suffer on the cross again, amen. But he has done that, that we might have that final sacrifice, that wonderful forgiveness of our sins that he made possible at Calvary. And I love to read the story how that, there, that day when Jesus was on the cross and I can just hear, I hear it over and over in my life quite often when Jesus said it is finished. He didn't say now I'm dead. He didn't say now I've done what I needed to do in a sense he did. But what he was trying to say, I have carved out salvation for every soul that would believe the reason I have done just what I have done. But as he died on the cross, and the Bible says it is finished, and the Bible says he gave up the ghost, all of a sudden there was someone come running up the hill, crying out, you can't imagine what just happened. Everybody knows what just happened. The Son of God just died. But that, not, that is not what he was referring to. He said to the folks who was gathered out away from the cross a bit, all of a sudden that curtain in our temple just ripped wide open. And as I look at that, as I think about that, that's what Jesus did. He tore the curtain, tore it apart, and you and I, we are called priesthood of believers as a Baptist, as a Christian, as a child of God. You are a part of the priesthood of believers. You have the right to go into the Holy of Holies in the very presence of Almighty God in order to hear, hear, and see, and feel Jesus by way of the Holy Spirit. And what an awesome thing it is. And and as I read these verses, I thought, you know, God, give me the boldness in the Spirit that I need that I might be able to enter into the Holy of Holies. Unworthy, certainly, but willing because Jesus' willingness to do what He did made it possible for me to do what I can do. And I will, I'll often go into the presence of God by way of the Holy of Holies. And where is that for you and I? That is in the very presence of Almighty God. And it's only, it certainly is only a prayer away. I want to do something this morning. I, I've shared this before, but probably been five or six years ago that God gave me a little revelation, I guess it was. You have your phone with you this morning. Anybody, I want to see this. Now, you don't turn that thing on. But if you got your phone, anybody, anybody got cell phones? I want you to put them in your hand. I want you to open it up. Cell phone. And I want you to look at that phone. And I want us to spell the privilege of prayer on your phone and mine. Don't have mine, but I want to share with you. Prayers is P-R-A-Y-E-R-S, okay? Looking at your phone, first of all, see where P is, and you'll find it's on the number 7. And you'll look also on R, and you'll find it is also on 7. Then I want you to look at A, and that's on 2. Then I want you to look at Y, and that's on 9. Go back to E, and that's on 3. Go back to RS, and that's another two sevens. You can, uh, you can have seven seven two nine three seven seven. Now, I've never tried to call that number, but I want you to know that's what prayer spell spells out. When you get home, take those numbers that I've just shared with you and add them up. They add up to 42. And we know that the Bible says that in those 42 months or three and a half years, Jesus carving salvation out and making the power of prayer so real for every child of God... And we can have that for ourselves because Jesus spelt out prayer in that dramatic, dramatic way on the cross of Calvary. And so the power of prayer comes by way of Jesus Christ. So as we look at the story, put your phone back up, please. Turn them things off. I remember one Sunday morning I was preaching and I heard a phone ring. I barely heard it, but I just did hear it. And I heard a dear sister say, I'm at church worshiping. Where are you? Now, wait a minute now. (laughs) So I want to encourage you. You know, you might need a phone. You might need a phone even during worship. But if you have a silent mode on it and you know how to do it, as I don't sometimes. I got my phone caught on silent yesterday and all day long. I tried to figure out how to get that thing to ring again. And finally, I got one of the children to show me how. But I like to look at the story of Jesus' tempting in the wilderness. Back in Matthew, the fifth chapter, I think it is, Matthew... No, it's not five, probably four. Two, three, or four, Long in there. Matthew, Jesus had been baptized, of course, led into the wilderness for the temptation time that God had provided for him to, to have. And uh, the first thing, Satan appears to him in the weakest time in a physical sense because he was probably hungry... And so the first thing Satan said, I want you to do something for me, Jesus. I want you, I know you're hungry. Don't say that exactly in my version. But anyway, I know you're hungry. And how about just making them stones bread? Well, of course, you know what Jesus could have done. He could have made a a jelly-filled donut. He could have made some wheat bread that's better for you. He could have made a biscuit that would taste awful yummy and crispy. But he didn't. He said, man should not live by bread alone, Satan, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And so Satan was a step backwards probably. And I don't know how to picture this. A lot of verses in the Bible I try to picture. These are verses that I cannot picture. I cannot fully see Satan standing before the Son of God. I I I don't have the ability spiritually or otherwise to do that. But I know in some sort of existence this is what took place. And the next thing, uh, the Bible says that Satan took Jesus to the temple. I can't fathom just how that took place. Took him up to the pinnacle, which was a high point, probably 200 feet tall. And they shoot him uh, over. The, he said, if, if you be the son of God, then just leap off of this ledge here and uh, he will keep you from hitting your foot on a rock or causing anything to happen to you. Well, I like to think at that and kindly snigger a little bit about what Jesus could have done that day. You know, here stood Satan beside Jesus upon a high place. And as we think about that, you know what Jesus could have done, don't you? He could have just soared around Satan about two times. And what else you want me to do, Satan? But he didn't do that. He again approached Satan with, You must not tempt me. You must not tempt the Son of God. And so lastly, Satan said something that was so deceiving. And it's the very same thing that he'll say to you. He has said it to me. And he, does, he makes a promise that he could never keep because he didn't have it to give. But he said, Jesus, when he took him up on the high mountain, he said, I want you to look around you. It must have been a pretty high mountain because he said he'd shoot him the whole world. And when he looked about, he said, Now, Jesus, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you every bit that you see if you'll just bow down and worship me. Well, of course, you know the story of that is that Satan didn't have it to give. The world is not Satan's, it is God's. The world will never be in the hands of Satan, it's in the hands of God. And we cannot expect Satan to promise us anything that he hasn't gotten, and he doesn't have a whole lot but an but a empty vial, vial of promises that will absolutely uh, equal to nothing at all, especially one day after a while what Jesus said Satan you're out of here get behind me you mustn't tempt the son of God and I've thought about that have I been promised by Satan that, uh, that I could have that I could do or I could be something probably so and maybe you have too but I, believe, I do believe that Jesus, our high priest, our person in the mode of God's will in our lives has has something to bless us with, and we need to look in that direction. And I've often said, you know, if you feel like Satan is tempting you, Satan wants to get into your life uh, some sort of way, then all you have got to say is very little. One of the dangers that we can do as a child of God is to carry on a conversation with that old man called the devil. Don't do it leave him alone. Simply say, if you want into my heart, uh, you just need to go to Jesus. He's got the key. And that will cause him to back away every time I declare to you, as Bible as it can be, to believe that. So as we look at this this story, we can see as we maybe want to move back to, to the book of Hebrews, knowing this, we have found the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is a wonderful thing of mercy and and the throne of grace can appear and the loving God can touch your life and we're His again. Amen. So one of the things that you need to do is the thing that Jesus did in His fasting. He was preparing for temptation. We need to prepare and that's what worship is all about. That's why we're here this morning and especially this morning is to prepare and get ready for the temptation of Satan. Because He is going to give send that your way. And I know that sometimes uh, we can practice good hygiene with our bodies, and that's that's fine as it can be, and we need to keep our hands clean and not touch anything dirty, and if we do, wash again. But I want you to know we need to practice the hygiene of heaven. We need to ask God to cleanse our soul and even our bodies, and sometimes I think that we can feel good inside, but the outward appearance isn't what we feel inside, and we have a deceiving life we're living because others is not seeing inside you, God is, but they are seeing outside you. And oh, we can show the goody, but sometimes good is not good enough. I, uh, We have a, a, a tape, a, a DVD, I guess you call it, of, of a movie called Angels in the Outfield. I don't know if any of you have ever seen that or not. But as I, I look at that and I think, wow, you know, that's what we have. We've got angels in the outfield of life, just ready to respond at the call of God if we call on God. And uh, uh, it's, it's a lot of it's about a ball game. And I, I just loved. If you've seen Angels, I love it. it. It's just neat as thing as it can be. But as I think about this, as as the, the hygienes of heaven, the, the cleanliness of our soul, and that we need to ask God for that. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me, David said. And in order to do that, we need to realize that one of the worst germs in this world is the germ called sin. So don't touch it, just leave it alone. Strive for cleanliness of the soul and practice holy hygienes, and we'll be where God needs us to be. The common error in the Christian life, it seems to me, and I'm guilty is our, inter, our inner impurities, it seems like sometimes, with our, sets beside our outward goodness, and that is a deceiving decision that we make, and it is very hard on the lost person to find Jesus as true Lord and Savior. It might be this morning because of you that a neighbor, a friend, a family, or who is lost because of the influence that you have not had in a positive way on that person it's it certainly, and, and uh, I, I love to read. This Paul's writings Hebrew. He did a lot of New Testament writing, uh, half or more of it, I guess. And uh, he said, I'm persuaded by the Holy Spirit uh, that, that I've been saved, and I'm walking in a triumphant faith. Uh, I'm persuaded, he said, that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him unto that day. And that day he spoke of the last day that he would live on this earth and be able to enter heaven with that faith that would carry him to that very day and hour in his life. Faith that's oftentimes, instead of lifting him out of adversity of Paul's life, he would lead him right through the middle of it. And you know, I think that sometimes Christian people, me especially, want to ask God to get me out of this mess. But that might not be God's will. He might want to just get you through that mess. I'm with you always in the valleys, on the mountains, and wherever you are, God makes a promise that I'll be there. So this morning, as I take you to the edge of your life, and as you look out across the way, please choose the path that God has for you. Choose the way that God knows is best for you, because He really does know that. I just love the story in the Bible of Jesus asking Peter to borrow his boat I think that's a cool story. And the, Peter had been fishing all night and hadn't caught a thing. Jesus said, let's go out where the water is deeper and try it again. But Jesus, but he did. Nevertheless, Lord, and he cast his boat out with Jesus. And you know the story. How that Jesus made the difference in Peter's life. And how that sometimes it takes one more time. I had a fellow say once... You know, I've talked with this person about Jesus and I've I, been several times. How how many times have I got to reach out to this person in order to help him to be saved? The Bible answers that very plain. Would you tell him one more time? And then one more time. And then one more time. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous person availeth much. So put feet on your prayers and reach out to the lost soul that's around you a Christian that stepped aside, a church that needs you so vitally in the, in the work of the Lord, be a part of the action that God wants you to be a part of. and You'll make a difference, not only in the church, not only in your community, but first and foremost in your own life. God strives to use you in a dramatic way. But before God can you go do something through you, He's got to do something to you. So this morning, what does God need to do to you? Does he need to touch your life help you to understand salvation and to become a Christian? If you've never accepted the Lord as Savior of your life, please don't leave this morning lost. If you have never said yes to the love of Jesus that will not ever turn you loose, please don't leave lost. Whatever your need is today, you might have a need that he's speaking to you as a child of God that... Maybe you've put that off. The big old word is procrastination. That's a putter-offer. Maybe you've been a putter-offer of God's will in your life. I want to encourage you that today, if you hear the voice of God striving to lead you in a direction, respond to that. Let Him be in your life what you have time for Him to be because time is passing fast. And not always will you have opportunity. So today... What is your need? Would you bow with us as we pray? Heavenly Father, Lord, we do bow before you once again this morning, realizing that we are weak and unworthy. But we come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might all find help and that need that we have in our lives, Lord. And not always is what you want us to have as our wants, but our needs. And you know that need, Lord, of every person that is gathered here in this sanctuary this morning. If there's someone lost, would you touch their heart? Would you cause them to hear the words of your love that says, I love you too. Would you cause that person that needs to make some decision for you to just hear the words, would you do it for me? So Lord, it's your invitation. Would you continue with the service today? That's our humble prayer. In your precious name, amen.